You're on the Plants Grow Here podcast. I'm Daniel Fuller. Come along with me as we enter a hidden world of deep horticultural, ecological and landscape gardening knowledge with featured experts, industry professionals and enthusiasts. In episode 15 of this podcast, I spoke with Darren Senior about reticulation, which is also known as irrigation. In this episode, we'll be continuing our retic journey by speaking with Andrew Webb from Reese, which is probably the most significant irrigation store around Australia in my mind. G'day, Andrew. Welcome to the show. G'day, Dan. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, no whackers, mate. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do at Reese and how long you've been involved with irrigation? Okay, so I work at Reese Irrigation and Pools in Canningbar. Um, I've been with Reese now 17 years and I've actually worked in the irrigation and pools division of it for the last six years. And my specialty really is I do designs, um, only basic sort of designs, but I'm also here to assist people with choosing the right irrigation for their needs and um, not only just the uh, retail customer, but also the contractors. So when it comes to water, the more the better for our plants, is that right? Not necessarily. So basically, the more it's not about getting at the maximum volume of water onto plants. It's about getting the right volume of water onto plants. So that's hence why we've got actually a program going at the moment called the Smart Irrigation, which is all about teaching people to get the right amount of water onto their plants or the right type of plant. And what does Smart Irrigation mean? So that's literally, so smart irrigation is literally about getting the right products to the right people, um, to everybody, which is going to actually assist them getting the, that water onto their plants most effectively. So rather than just having an irrigation system that goes off for a certain period of time, like some of the older systems, which will just turn on at a certain time and then turn off after a pre-designated amount of time. Smart irrigation is all about getting the right amount of water to the plants, so watering each zone uh, for the right period of time, getting the right volume of water per plant. So making sure that the garden beds are getting the right amount, the lawn is getting the right amount, as opposed to just setting it on for a time, having wrong sprinklers, um, watering for the wrong amount of time onto plants. Right, so there might be a little bit more involved with the designing than a lot of people might think. Absolutely. There's a fair bit more into it than um, what a lot of people realise. So I guess what would be the advantage of using a smart irrigation system as opposed to just running out with a garden hose and watering your plants that way? We're seeing on a garden hose, it's almost impossible to actually determine how much water you're getting down into any particular area of the, of the garden because garden hoses, they're a, a full flow. Um, you can't determine how long. You're not going to stand there in each particular section of the of the garden and you know, stand there for the right amount of time. You'll be there for, you know, you stand there for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. You can't really determine that so easily. So watering with a garden hose, although it does work on a, on a small period when, when things get tough, but ultimately it's not a very good way of actually watering your garden. Maybe it might be a good way to put out a spot fire. Like for today, I had um, I was working in a property that had a fern tree and it was looking very dry and the irrigation systems obviously weren't working. So as a maintenance gardener, I made a little note 
um, within our application for my boss to tell the customer about it. But in the meantime, I just watered with a hose. So maybe that might be the spot for where hoses are good for irrigating plants. Absolutely. So in that same situation, I do exactly the same thing as what you've done. But ultimately, you want to actually repair the retic system to actually you know, deliver the right amount of water at the right amount of time to those plants. So is a smart irrigation expensive? Like that system sort of sounds like it might be a little bit more expensive than some of the other options out there. It is a little bit more expensive. So some of the controllers and some of the nozzles and pop-ups and everything are a little bit more, but ultimately it will save you money. And it will save you money because you are using less water. You are, your garden's going to be healthier. Your garden's going to you know, thrive. So people seem to forget how much money they spend on plants and lawn. So getting the right amount of water to have the healthiest possible garden is essential. So it's going to save you money there, but ultimately it will save you in water. So it's very water-wise. So you're going to have the right amount of water into the right plant. It's using less water ultimately, but it's using it properly. Being more efficient. Absolutely. Look, uh, fern trees are not cheap, and the customer I was working at today almost lost a fern tree through lack of water. So Yeah. So, but in a smart irrigation system, it's, you know, potentially – that would not happen. If it's all working right. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say I have just a regular retic system and it's been going fine, but I want to upgrade it to a smart retic system. How would I go about that? Okay, so the first thing we'd recommend you do is send it, give us some type of idea of what you currently have. And from that, we can actually do a redesign for you if that's what's necessary. But ultimately, I'd always suggest that you get a water-wise irrigation person to go out to the property and actually quote them on upgrading their system. And it might be a case of changing nozzles and changing controllers. Might be, you know, you know, it might be just that they might already have a smart controller just not used properly. And upgrading it, the system from that. So start from wherever it is that they want to actually go and build it up from there. Right. So it's not like you have to rip out all the pipes and start from scratch again. It might just be a couple of pieces. Absolutely. It might be just a case of just upgrading what's already there and converting it into a smart irrigation system. Might be a few changes here and there that might be required, but hopefully it was designed properly to start with. And um, if it has and all well and good, then away you go. You can actually, you can upgrade an existing system. Right. I guess that having the right design in the first place is pretty crucial. Would that be right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That can save a lot of headaches also down the track. If everything's just going where it should be and how it should be. You work for Reese. So what sort of help does Reese offer to DIY gardeners and contractors alike when it comes to the design of their setup? Okay, so we have a design department. Um, They're based in Melbourne. However, here in WA, we've actually got our own designer here in WA. And all the designs that we go through, they go through to them. And so they'll get a professional designer who will actually design their garden to suit or their backyard, whatever property they've got, to actually suit their needs. And they'll base that on pressures, flows, the right... um, the right controllers, the right nozzles, everything that they've got, and it'll be a smart irrigation system designed to suit their needs. So it's individually done for them. And what does that cost? Okay, so for the contractor and all that, it's included, so it's free. 
for the um, domestic person. So that, for someone who doesn't have an account with us, it's $29. So $29 is a pretty small fee. It's a pretty small fee. When you're looking at the value you're getting. Absolutely. So let's say I'm a contractor. How can understanding smart irrigation help my business and how can it help provide a better level of service to my customer base? So you're guaranteeing your customer is actually getting the most efficient garden that they can possibly get. So you're using the right nozzles, the right controllers, the right amount of time. So basically the customer, they're going to have a good, healthy garden. They're going to be using a lot less water. Their system, when it's actually designed properly and done properly, is going to last a lot longer for them as well. So as we were talking before about upgrading an existing system, if it was designed properly to start with, upgrading a system will be simple. If it's something which was really done without a lot of knowledge into it and the person's actually just thrown in and water comes out so they think it's great, sometimes that might mean moving pipes, moving sprinklers, doing all sorts of things just to make sure the coverage is great. And so hence, um, being able to actually tell someone that you're actually a proper water-wise um, installer, it's really, that's actually, it's almost like a stamp saying to the customer, the ultimate customer that I'm trained in this, I know how to do this and I'm doing you the best possible job. It just basically sort of separates you from the cowboys. Basically, yes, absolutely. So I guess a smart irrigation system is going to help us save money and it's going to be better for the environment. It's going to save us money in the long term rather than in the short term if there's a small upfront cost. Absolutely. So always um, a smart, it's going to save money. Ultimately, the way things are going with water, water is going to go up in price. So what you do have in water, you're going to want to have it most efficiently used. And I can't imagine anyone, I don't know what it's like in the other parts of Australia, but in WA, I don't believe anyone's going to really give up their garden. No, <laughs> not in <laughs> Melbourne either. Absolutely not. Although we do have a bit more water retentive soil here. Yeah, a little bit nicer here. We've just got sand pretty yeah. well and it goes straight down in the ground. Basically but, a sieve. <laughs> yeah, pretty well, pretty well. But I mean, everyone over here loves their gardens and everyone's you know, pretty addicted to having nice lawns and nice gardens. and. Over here, we also have our water restrictions base. So I know it's not in all parts of Australia, but over here, we get off mains water. We get two days a week where we're allowed to water our gardens. If you've only got two days a week where you can water your garden and it's 40 degrees outside, you really want to get the most efficient watering that you possibly can get. And it's essential to actually do it right to start with. Otherwise, it really is just wasting water. You're not really making, and your garden's not really benefiting from it at all. Total waste. Absolutely. Can you explain what a rain sensor is? Okay, so a rain sensor is literally, it's a device which actually is attached to your controller. And what it's actually allowing it to do is it will measure the amount of rain which is actually coming down. It is actually falling. So what it will do is there's some little rubber, um, actually, sorry, they're leather washers, which actually sit in the top of the sensor and which actually swell up and they block off a hole within the top of the station. So it's actually allowing how many mil, it's measuring how many mils of water have actually fallen in the, that particular area. So what it will do is you set up how much, how many mils of water you want it to, to fall before it'll actually shut off and it will actually shut down your um, controller for you. 
And then you can actually set your smart controller to actually reactivate at the time, which is which where the time you actually want it to actually go. So what it does is it prevents watering during freezing weather and below three degrees. It's not going to actually water the garden when it's actually raining or when it's very cold temperatures. But you can actually adjust the rain sensor between 3, 6, 13 and 19 millimetres. So depends on the garden you've got, depends on how you want to do it. So if your garden is hypothetically, say, 6 mils, say you want it to do 6 mils and you had 5 mils of water, a smart controller actually pick up and say, hey, it hasn't actually quite rained enough, so it will actually adjust the runtime of the actual controller for you. So it will water a little bit further to actually adjust for that or it will completely shut down the system if enough hasn't actually fallen. That's actually huge. So I guess like, you know, a normal system just isn't going to be able to do that sort of thing for you. So basically on a normal system, if you set it to go off at six o'clock in the morning and it's bucketing and frame, it's still going to go off at six o'clock in the morning unless someone goes out there and says, it's raining, I'm going to turn it off. <laughs> Whereas with a rain sensor or a weather sensor, what will actually happen is it's physically raining, it will turn it off because it's raining. <laughs> and it's and it sits there and it will locally pick up that you've got a rain events occurring. I don't need water. So it's a, it, but you do need the right controller to be able to operate one. But yeah, it's all part of smart irrigation. So what's a drip line and how does that save on water and cost? So again, drip line, the, some of the advantages of drip line is because it's subsurface. So it's actually under the ground. So it's actually putting the water exactly at the plant roots. So right down the bottom where the plants actually want it. So you're not going to get minimised evaporation, particularly over in places where it's really quite warm. So you're minimising your evaporation and also there's no wind effect on it because it's below the water. So the wind can't blow away any of your water. So everything's just going straight into the roots of the plant where the plant actually wants the water. Yeah, it's not sitting on top of the mulch or on top of the, you know, grass exactly. leaves. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the water at the top, um, it looks nice. It looks nice when you walk <laughs> past it and you see all this nice <laughs> wet thing, but and ultimately that's not what the plant wants. The plant wants it below the ground. No. Yeah. It's like trying to drink water with your foot. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plants drink in water through their roots, not through their leaves. <laughs> exactly. And grass is no different. Exactly. Can you tell us a little bit about MP Rotators? Okay, MP Rotators is a product made by Hunter. So what MPs actually do is they're designed for low pressure and low water. So basically it's a... It's a small gear drop. Oh, yeah, it's a rotator. So it's, a, but it's a small, it's a small sprinkler. And what it does is, because it runs on a very low pressure. So if you've got really low pressure at your home, you can still operate the actual rotator. It's still going to be effective. And it's got a quite a heavy droplet. So it actually is less affected by wind events and things like that. So it's actually going to land in the areas that you want it to actually land on. And it uses very little water as well. So the beauty about MP rotators is if you've got low pressure and low flow, you can still actually water your garden very effectively. The only thing a lot of people don't realise about MPs is because they use low pressure and low flow, you may need to actually run your sprinklers for a lot longer. So you quite possibly might need to run your sprinklers for 40 minutes as opposed to a normal sprinkler, which might be 10 or 12 minutes. And an MP, you might be looking at 40 so it's just one of the challenges, one of the only challenges really of an MP rotator is 
you could be running your garden cycle and your watering cycle and might be going for two to three hours because of the, depending on how many stations you've got, because of the length of time you've got to run each station. However, they are a fantastic sprinkler and they really do help out a lot of people. And you might use that MP rotator, like you said, just if you have low pressure as opposed to a drip line. Yeah, low pressure, low flow. There's lots of situations where you do it. If you, over here in WA, sometimes the drip lines aren't exactly the best option. And the biggest problem with that is, is our type of soil because we do have a very sandy soil. So it doesn't spread out nicely across the surface of, of the ground. So it literally just goes straight down, hmm. which is great for plants which are close by it, but not spreading out. So sometimes <laughs> a, an option of an MP rotator is a better option than than maybe a drip line. It's only because you really got to weigh up your situations because they've both got their advantages and they've both got disadvantages. And sometimes you're going to, an MP rotator is going to be far better than a drip line for argument's sake. It's another water conscious sort of um, option. Oh, I think moving forward, if you're not being water-wise, you're just not even paying attention. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we just all need to make sure we start becoming water-wise and it's just the way that we are right now. We just have to be like that. It's really important. Yeah, gone are the days when we can just forget about how much water we're using. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And some people just um, haven't quite got it yet, but they will. <laughs> nope, it'll just take time. They'll get there. <laughs> absolutely. So what are pressure-regulated pop-ups and sprays and gear drives and how are they different to the MP rotators? Okay, so pressure-regulated pop-up and gear drives and things like that. So what it actually does is it's ensuring that all the, um, all the sprinklers, so every, every nozzle, every outlet is actually using the same amount of pressure and the same amount of water. So rather than it running down the line, hypothetically, you think of a nice long run, the first one's going to get a lot and the very last one's going to get a little. But what this is going to do is it will ensure that every single plant or every single um, nozzle is going to actually have exactly the same amount of water and it's going to pop up using the same amount of pressure. So if the first one's going to throw four metres, the last one's going to throw four metres. The first one's using five litres of water, the last one's going to use five litres of water. So that all comes into design, but you know that from all of your sprinklers, everything's going to be giving you the same type of coverage. Yeah, I've worked in gardens before where the first plant nearest to the house is a lot larger than the plant furthest away from the house and there's no difference in sunlight and the soil all seems the same. Exactly. So these are just going to help. And it's a, they really do help out where, when you're actually doing a design that if you, everything's pressure regulated, everything's going to be exactly the same. That's huge. All matched precipitation. What are your favourite three wall-mounted smart controllers on the market? Personally, I like the Webomatic, the Webomatic um, controllers because they're simple, they're very easy, they've got a lot of functionality in them. I do like the Hunters, the Hunter X cores. So I find them quite good. They're very popular. There's a lot of them on the market, and I do like the Rainbirds. Um, personally, I mean, I'm a bit old school. I do like the TM2s, which actually have a dial on them. Some people like the ESP or the RZXs because they've actually got a push button on them. That's a bit of a preference either which way, but, I mean, those three controllers, those three companies really have come up with some good controllers and some really good ideas with their controllers. Yeah, we had on uh, Darren Senior in episode 15, as I said in the intro, and he was just raving about the Hunter products. Yeah, the Hunter products, yeah, they're by far they're the best known on the in the market, and um, yeah, they've really come leaps and bounds. They've got lots of really good um, 
really good products out there and a lot of smart um, products out there. So you can really do some smart irrigation using their product. I think we could definitely do a whole episode just on the differences between those three brands, but I think we're going to have to keep on going. <laughs> you probably could. <laughs> you, you could. Actually, you really could do a whole episode just on smart controllers and the differences between them. There's mm. quite a bit. And we'll probably get there. <laughs> so is there a big difference in quality between the commercial brands you've just mentioned and some of the cheaper options on the market? Uh, definitely. So all the brands which um, are out there. So one of the biggest things is the option of being a smart controller as opposed to a controller just being a timer, basically. So all the good controllers, uh, all the controllers we're talking about, you can actually make them into either Wi-Fi or they'll use a mobile network. So they'll also pick up a lot of information from the internet. So hence, uh, you could have a Wi-Fi controller which will pick up a rain event. So it hooks onto the house's Wi-Fi. On the internet, the Weather Bureau might be saying or whatever, they all use different type of apps which collects its weather data from. But it could be saying, right, it's going to actually rain today at 3 o'clock and it's going to, you know, it's estimating there's going to be 10 mils of water. So your controller will actually then turn around and actually start thinking about, or the controller will actually start programming itself and preparing itself that it's actually going to actually rain on that particular day because it knows it's going to actually rain on that day because it's just got the information from the internet. So it can do all that for you. Um, Most of these controllers also will be able to send you reports so you can actually tell when your controller is actually going off. If you're like myself, you've got a security camera outside, you can look in the security camera and you can actually see if your, if your retick is actually going off. If they're for one reason or another, if you see a problem happening, you can actually turn it off using your phone. So you can actually, you can be you know, halfway around the world. You can be in, I'm in Bali on holiday if you're allowed to. And you could, <laughs> you could actually physically turn your retick off because you can see it happening. You um, smart controllers also, you can program into them the type of um, garden that you're actually trying to water. So it can be lawn, you know, particular plants. So you can put plant types and all that. You can put soil types in there. Put them there if it's a slope, the type of soil. You can add, add in all this information to it and it will actually start telling you how long you need to water your garden for by telling it how, what type of nozzles, everything in there. And it will turn around to you and say, you need to water this for 15 minutes. So your controller is actually using technology built into it to actually tell you how long to water your garden for. Yeah, right. I mean, there's an upfront cost to it, but a lot of those functions that you've mentioned are actually potentially great money savers as well, as opposed to, say, paying for your maintenance garden to come and fix your problem if you're overseas. Or I mean, there's a whole lot of money saving in there as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But it gives you a lot more control over it. And in this day and age, and I mean, I'm no different to anyone else love using things off my phone it's so simple it's so easy and being able to control everything that well being able to have your controller start telling you well not telling you but actually helping you and actually water at the correct times for the correct amount of time for all of that sort of stuff yeah it's actually it's well worth it definitely worth it so why in your mind do you reckon that most people haven't really clued onto this new system I think a lot of the times it's people, they see the dollar before they actually see the advantage. And it's like, it's like that with a lot of things. We've all, I think everyone's fallen into that sort of um, category at one point in time um, where you've looked at and you've seen a dollar number, dollar figure as opposed to actually seeing the advantages you're actually getting from it. 
And also in a lot of cases too, I think is a bit of an issue with a lot of contractors. We need to sell it to the people installing it who are ultimately installing it for the customers. So hence why Reese have come up with the smart irrigation pamphlets and season what we've got. So we're trying to educate the installers so then they can go off to their customers and hopefully instill that information to their customers. So ultimately it will get around to everybody. But we're trying to do it through more than anyone, the actual installer, the contractor themselves. Yeah, that's huge. Can I build a solenoid manifold now without the need to cut pipe or even use glue for the section? Yes, absolutely. So we actually have a manifold system which actually um, snaps together and screws together for you. Um, it's, called, it's, it's called the Yankee, Yankee manifold system, E-N-K-I. Yeah, so you can build that to however you want it. So you can build as many solenoids into it. You can have them going whatever direction you want. So left, right, backwards, you can wall mount it. So you can do it however you want the actual manifold to be set up and it all snaps together. Um, no glue, no cutting, no nothing. If you wanted to add an extra solenoid onto it, you can. You can pop one end off and you can literally add solenoids. You can take them off if you want. Do it, set it up however you want, and there's no necessity at all for gluing or cutting pipe. Well, that's pretty handy. It is. They sell quite well. They're really popular. <laughs> once people use them once, then they're they're pretty pretty well <laughs> using them all the time. Yeah, I can imagine. So, where do you see smart irrigation evolving in the future, and where do you think that things are heading long term? Well, I think. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that one day when enough people actually get onto smart irrigation and enough people actually doing it, I'd like to see in WA that we don't have water restrictions anymore. That'd be really nice because it won't be necessary because everyone would be doing it properly. Hmm. That'd be wonderful. But ultimately, I actually can imagine a time when it's the only system you're allowed to put in hmm. that you won't be able to buy a controller, which is just a timer. It'd have to be a smart controller and it'd have to be put in properly. I can just see, at least in WA, I can at least I can see that our water is becoming that precious over here that something would need to be done, and I can imagine that's where they're going to start more than likely with our gardens. And if you're not getting on the bandwagon, then you might lose that garden, which we all want to keep. <laughs> so I can I can just see it heading down that path unless we start doing something pretty radical. Totally. Look, there's two, it's kind of a twofold thing I see. It's number one, plant the right plant in the right place. Absolutely. And then we're going to get the water right. <laughs> That's a, definitely right. So you've got the right plant, right place. It will, it will grow well. You get the right amount of water onto it. It's really going to do well. And you can do that and save water at the same time. And like you say, thinking about how that water is going to react with your soil, with the plants in your garden, there's a lot more to it than it looks on the surface. Yeah, absolutely. So just before we wrap this episode up, is there anything else that you'd like to tell the listeners about? Um, just that um, I would always recommend that unless you're actually a professional garden retic installer, I would definitely go into um, a store like a re-irrigation store and speak to the guys because we'd definitely be able to help you out with smart irrigation. We'd definitely be able to help you out with some training and if you need it, but we can definitely we can also show you all the latest products out there. We, all the companies, say, all the hunters, rainbirds, uh, toros, the whole lot of them, they bring us in the latest products every time they come out. They 
let, they use us to actually push their product along to people to actually show them what's like the latest thing on the market and definitely keep in contact with people like ourselves because we'll help you keep up with um, what's out there on the market and I'd encourage everyone to try some something a little bit different with some of these controllers and some of these nozzles and all that. They really will ultimately save your time, save your money and it will just make your job so much better. Absolutely. Couldn't agree anymore, mate. Thanks for coming on the show, Andrew. Not a problem at all. Thank you for having me. Reese irrigation and pools are an excellent source for retic parts and are also an excellent source for information and custom setup designs. As always, check the show notes which can be accessed through your favourite podcast listening app or through our website at plantsgrowhere.com for relevant links which are clickable depending on how you're viewing them. If you listen on iTunes and you like the show, Ben and I would appreciate if you could give us a review to let us know you're a fan. You can also reach out to us on Facebook and Twitter by searching Plants Grow Here.